Welcome to the What About series. I'm Enoch Fossum, and I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy, and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists. In this episode, we're talking about porcupines. That's it. All right, that's really not it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost laughed directly into the microphone because I was not expecting that at all. Uh, no, but really, we're talking about porcupines. They really are. Not the, are they mammals? Not the I actually don't know. animal porcupines, but the uh, emotional porcupines. Por- porcupines are deceivingly cute, just like emotional porcupines, I would say. But I guess when their quills are down, I guess I could see... Like it might look kind of cute, like a little a little dog. Yeah, if some, any animal I look at, I don't know. I look like, it just looks cute to me. I don't know why, like most animals do. But anyways, yeah, we're talking about emotional porcupines. And what even is that? Tell us, Enoch. Well, really, in short, emotional porcupines are narcissists, in a sense. This is a book, uh, actually, this is this is not a book. We're talking about... <laughs> We're talking about this. This comes from a book called "How to Hug a Porcupine" by John Lewis Lund, and it's great. This is chapter one. Yeah, and this is all from one chapter. The information we're pulling from. Yeah. I've even read it, and I've learned. I learned it. Yeah. <laughs> and what what we're actually going to do now that we're talking about that, in a sense, we're going to kind of have a book club where Austin and I are going to read the same book for a month, and then our What About episodes are going to be about that book. And so you necessarily will be able to read the book, in a sense, by association, by listening to the podcast, because we'll assume, not assume, we will, uh, what would you say, we'll sum up? Well, yeah, basically give it like a review almost, or like the way that I look at it is that you see those videos on TikTok, we were talking about this before the recording, like... I bought this so you don't have to. I did this so you don't have yeah. to. It's not us reading it so you don't have to. It's us reading it to see if you want to. Yeah. That type of thing. Like almost like, does it pique your interest? Do I need to read a book about porcupines? Like emotional porcupines? <laughs> <laughs> or we're hmm. thinking about books by like Russ Harris, like The Happiness Trap. Or, a, I mean, a endless amount of mental health related books. So it's more of like a, a synopsis of like the, the highlights of these books to see if maybe you want to try to reading it yourself rather than not wasting your money. I don't want to say waste your money because I don't think you'd ever waste your money on a book about mental health. You'll learn something right. that's, a, that's good, but maybe, it's, maybe yeah. it's more applicable to you. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I think what we're going to try and do is take the basic principles, the important things from the book, yeah. and put it into the episodes so then you can understand what the book's about and get the important parts rather than having to read all of the, I'm not going to say non-important parts, just the stuff that, they're not highlighting yeah, in a if, sense, like all the stories yeah. and all that, which is great and important if you want to read it, which we definitely recommend. Yeah. And we'll probably throw some stories in there and stuff from like clients and whatnot, but mm-hmm. um, you get the idea. So if you don't think that's a great idea, let us know, please. Yeah. <laughs> Basically just a book club that shows the highlights of the book. So if you don't want to read it, you don't have to, but if you want to, you'll get an idea if it's actually going to be applied to you or if it's, if you'll like it in yeah. the first place. So, yeah. so we'll just be talking about the yeah. principles, how it applies to you. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. And this is kind of the introductory episode. We literally came up with this idea about 10 minutes ago. And yeah, we're putting it into action to see if we like it. And this one's about how to hug a porcupine. That's the book. It's about porcupines. So, seeing if he was a doctor. He is. He is a doctor. I was Dr. Lund. We'll call him John. He's first wearing, name basis. He's wearing 
knight's armor on the cover with like a button-up shirt. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Natasha. She actually gave me the book. Shout out, Natasha. You know who you are. <laughs> Natasha Romanoff. <laughs> so anyway, here we go. A So he first starts off with defining what a toxic person is. And the book is about toxic people and how to love toxic people. And if you read it, you can simply replace toxic with narcissistic, narcissists. And you'll see too by the end of this, by the end of this episode that it's really essentially the same thing. I don't know if Dr. Lund would, you know, give some different opinions on that. If he was trying to, I don't know if his version of a narcissist or toxic person is different, but that'd be interesting. So maybe we'll have him on the podcast. That'd be awesome. I don't know how old he is or where he's at, but. Probably hugging porcupines. <laughs> Probably hugging porcupines still. So he defines a toxic person by saying, or I guess toxic behavior, by saying a toxic behavior is any word, deed, or action which detracts from you being your best self or hinders others from becoming their best selves. And so I really like that actually because he can, he's saying that you can be toxic towards yourself if you do anything that hinders yourself from becoming your best self, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I was just going to hop right into the next quote here just because I really like it. So this is another quote pulled from directly from chapter one. Um, Dr. Lund. Yeah. So Dr. Lund, Lund says, um, ironically, many toxic personalities are well-meaning. They sincerely believe they're acting in a loving way and that the end justifies the means. Frequently, these people send the message, I'm doing this for your own good, or someday you'll thank me for this. So that's when like reading this quote, like when Enoch was kind of reading it to me before the recording, it really um, stuck out to me because um, I feel like a lot of people who don't know they have a toxic personality or toxic traits, um, they really think they're doing, they're, they really think they're just doing so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that for me humanizes a lot of people that do have maybe toxic personalities because I, the humanist in me wants to believe that true narcissists and like true toxic people at their core really are just people doing their best, mm -hmm. you know, and they're doing it the best with what they have. Of course, it's not justifiable. It's in no way an excuse, but you know, you want to believe, especially as like a future practitioner, that people are good at the core and that something can be done about that. And I think the only way to really do something about it is to believe there is something good inside of there. And so looking at it this way, I think is really humanizing for, for people because I think narcissists and toxic people rightfully so get painted in a really bad light because they cause a lot of damage. Right. They cause a lot of harm to families and relationships and um, family dynamics. Um, but I don't know. I think a little bit of kindness needs to be injected in that understanding just so we don't forget that they're still people. Right. You know, just a person who struggles with a personality disorder that they sometimes cannot fully control. Yeah. So <clears throat> I guess with that, I really, that's why I really wanted to read that quote. And I'm glad it kind of like came to me, but, um, I think that's the first thing to understand in hugging a porcupine is that they're just, again, it doesn't excuse the fact that they're hurting you, but they are a porcupine. And I think the, the well-intentioned people, the people that really don't understand how deeply they're hurting you, they just, they're just living. They yeah. think they're doing their best. So that, I think that's more for people that are ignorant to their situation. They're ignorant to the fact they are toxic. Um, maybe from like a childhood situation. I'm not sure, but Obviously, there's narcissists that know exactly what they're doing, and they're right. manipulative and hurtful and spiteful. And we'll talk about that for sure. But um, 
Yeah, end of rant. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll no, stop right there. No, that's good. I mean, I think we always need to kind of add a little, maybe half a teaspoon. Or yeah, not much. Or like a cup of empathy. Yeah, not a whole lot. You know, lot. for people, like half a cup, a little drizzle. Have you seen yeah. the salt man meme? Yeah, like, like the bounces off the yeah, the salt bay the restaurant. Salt yeah. on the meat. But we can always be more empathetic to other people, <laughs> especially those that are toxic. Because yeah. if you think again, we've talked about this a lot actually, how not to be so judgmental when you first meet someone that may mm-hmm. be toxic because you don't know their background. You don't know what happened when they were five with a really abusive father and he watched him beat his mom all the time, mm-hmm. you know? And there are situations like that that you don't know about. And we talk about the biopsychosocial model a lot. I love that model because it shows that so many different things in life as just as you live can really affect who you become as a as a human being especially mm-hmm. when you're really young and whether it be more you know biologically maybe you were born more of a toxic person which which can happen or maybe it's more it's the whole nature versus nurture debate you know maybe it's more nurture than it is nature but either way everything plays a role in one way or another and you don't know their biopsychosocial model diagram, I guess. If we all had yeah. a personal little diagram, you know, as like to... Like floats above our head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as to what pieces of the pie have played the biggest role in our life to make us who we are. That'd be interesting to see that. be helpful <laughs> for a lot of situations. <laughs> it would be helpful. you'd be able to know whether or not they're just doing their best or if they're truly manipulative and terrible, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good to remember that, that you truly don't know where someone has been like the things they've experienced because even let's say they they do know that they're being terrible you know they truly are just like a not even like a unknown narcissist i guess they're just really being manipulative and they know their their influence i mean what good is it going to do you to treat them like they're not a human yeah you can still defend yourself you can still keep yourself within an appropriate context, appropriate distance from that person and keep them out of your life. But what's the point of dehumanizing them? There's no, there's no place for unkindness. There's no place for, um, harmful words and harmful rhetoric when it comes to talking about these people. Cause can you just, you can let a porcupine do its thing. It's, it's hard to change a porcupine from a porcupine to like a a kitten. And that's not going to happen. That's something like to do with personality disorders. It's hard to change. But what's the point of like kicking the porcupine, you know, when it's just kind of, you can just leave it alone and go on with your day. Yeah. And this, this analogy is kind of shifting and moving in a place. I don't think it needs to go, <laughs> but, um, I guess it goes back to being empathetic and realizing that despite the fact they are maybe harmful, you can still choose to not reflect that energy back on yourself on the way that you choose to respond to them. Right. Yeah. Don't let others actions determine who you are or how yeah. you react to other people. Yeah, don't let that impede on the values of you as a person. If you like right. you are a person who cares about people and um, who they are and like being, an, uh, I don't know, a, a loving and kind person, Yeah. don't let like a porcupine change who you are, you know? Yeah. You just, again, just let it be, walk past it. You know, right. that's hard to do. Yeah. That's hard to do, especially when you're close with them. Yeah. But um, I think it's just taking a little bit of mindfulness to understand that um, – it's not only possible, but I think necessary to just learn how to let the porcupine be right. and understand that it just is what it is. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's part of acceptance. Now, what we're not saying is that if you're in a relationship with a narcissist or you're in a relationship with someone who's really toxic for you, 
that doesn't mean that you just need to accept that. And yeah, absolutely. That not. they need to stay in your life. You know, there comes a point where if that exceeds your boundaries, then you can do something about that. Mm-hmm. You need to do something about that. We've your had health an matters. About that, yeah, like the four options when it comes to relationships. It's right. A, and option number one is you can leave. Yeah. 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 It's like leave, stay, and make it worse, stay and make it better, or stay and keep it the same. Yeah. I think those are the four options. Something like that, yeah. But yeah, yeah like that's a good point. That um, That's a primary option for someone who's in an extremely toxic relationship. That's typically the one of the best options when it's feasible and when it's possible in the moment to leave. Yeah. Right. So let me actually read you this story. I know how early we were like, we're not going to read any stories, but this is actually applicable. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. So he, Dr. Lund starts off the book with a situation that um, that he went through. A circumstance he was brought into so this this guy calls him and is like hey we need some counseling like right now there's a family emergency my wife's uh, parents are here they're packing up all of our stuff and they're gonna take my wife and the kids so he's like oh okay this is an emergency let's meet and so within about an hour he gets the husband and wife together he meets with them one-on-one and then together and when he meets with the wife he says what is so frustrating about your marriage that you're willing to pack up and leave? So the wife was packing everything up along with the kids. And that's why her parents came. They're getting out of there. And he says, what follows are her exact statements interpersoned with tears and soul soul rending sobs. This is what she says. He's so critical of everything I do or wear or cook. He yells at me for the stupidest things. I can't even hold up a map right. He's so controlling. He has to comment on everything I'm doing or not doing. He's always mad at me for something. He's so intense. He snaps at me and I can never have an opinion of my own. He's always angry at me. I can't take it anymore. I called my parents and asked them to come and get me. I've tried to talk to him, but he discounts everything I say. He has to be right. He's so domineering. Everything, or Every time I attempt to express myself, every time I attempt to express myself, he shuts me off with rude remarks. Well, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm just not me. He does the same thing with the kids. Or it's not just me. He does the same thing with the kids. I can't be criticized anymore. I feel no love from him, only resentment. Well, I guess I do feel some love for him, or I wouldn't be so hurt. But enough to stay, but not enough to stay in this marriage. So you see there how it gets to a point where you've got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the outcome. I don't know if the outcome is going to be said in this book or not. But she ended up leaving or at least she was going to, because she just couldn't take it anymore. She tried, I'm sure she tried a lot to love her husband, to work things out, but it just got to a point where she felt like she couldn't really express herself anymore, and she didn't feel like she was being herself, and it happened with the kids too. And so she's doing what she thinks is best for her and her family, and so she's getting up and leaving. And so when it gets to that point, and you've got to make that decision whether leaving or staying and trying to make it better is the right thing to do. And she got to the point where leaving was the best thing to do for her. So now, you know, if, you know, obviously we want to give the people the benefit of the doubt, just like you heard in Tony's episode, we're coming off a high right now, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) on Tuesday. Wasn't that awesome? Having Tony on, it's going to be, yeah. Good as it, things. As it, we're recording this before it's come out, and so like that episode specifically, so like you guys 
technically haven't heard it yet, even though we're talking about it. But you have. By the time this has, you have listened to it. So it's yeah. like we're talking about it in the future. Inception. And the Anyways, yeah, like we're coming off this high. But anyways, what you are saying about like what he said. Yeah, it's like that we were talking about the four pillars, and the first pillar is assume contentions. Mm-hmm. And that's with everyone you come in contact with. Yeah. Is don't just expect people to, I mean, like Tony was saying, he believes that no one wakes up and says, hmm, I wonder how I could hurt my wife this morning. Or, hmm. I wonder how I can be uh, super mean to my kids or abusive. Hmm. You know, and so assume good intentions, assume they didn't wake up that way. And obviously he was saying there's some extreme situations where yeah. that does happen. And people do think but that way sometimes, yeah. Yeah, the majority of the time that's not the case. So assume good intentions and see how it plays out. Time and time again, if your spouse or whoever you're with, your porcupine, tends to keep stabbing you with the quills over and over again, then Mm -hmm. it's probably time to go. Or you can make that decision for yourself. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you know what's best for you. So it kind of takes us to our next like note here is that toxicity comes in degrees, you know, there's going to be like, and this kind of goes hand in hand with like our conversation that we had before we wanted to get to about everyone has quills. Everyone Mm -hmm. has things. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that here. But the level of toxicity of the person in your life is going to vary. You know, some someone might be worth leaving. Someone might be worth worth sticking around, especially the, like, the length of your relationship, the how deeply rooted your finances are tied together and your property and your kids and stuff like that. Those things make it more complicated to just get up and leave. Obviously, right. that should never be a reason to not leave if yeah. it truly is toxic, abusive, or dangerous. Um, it just makes it more difficult and hard. And if it's not truly abusive, toxic, or dangerous a certain amount of work does need to be put into it if it's on the lower levels of, of, um, of toxicity. But I think there's a certain amount of responsibility on the person. Um, unfortunately who's being, who's hugging the porcupine Mm -hmm. to understand the level of that toxicity. Like how, how bad is this? Maybe that's where the therapist comes in huge to understand that from a third party standpoint, how toxic really is this person. Right. But it's not just an on and off black and white. They're a porcupine. They're not because everyone has a certain amount of quills, but some people have more. Yeah. And so if you think about it, like you yourself, you have some quills, whether someone makes a comment and you need to defend your ego. So you snap back at them. You kind of, I'm doing like a jousting jab right now, jousting jab with the quill and you hurt that other person. And they're like, Ooh, ouch, that actually really hurt. Mm-hmm. Someone who is not toxic, a healthy, an emotionally healthy person will say, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to hurt you. My, that was not my intention. The quills just came and out. Here, let me, let me help you take this quill out that I just stabbed you with, you know, whereas a porcupine. So we have, we have our own quills. We defend our ego or whatever. Like we were just saying, like you maybe have 10 quills. I might have, you know, 15 quills. I might have 55. <laughs> Austin maybe has a couple handful handful of quills, two or three. And we actually looked this up. Actual porcupines have 30,000 quills. And so if you're around a toxic person, that's the the difference between a toxic person and a non-toxic person is the number of quills. Mm -hmm. Clearly, I have 10, toxic person has 30,000. Yeah. So that's the difference right there. And 
so when we say there's a there are a certain amount of degrees, that's like the spectrum, right? There's from, I don't know, one quill to thirty thousand, you know. And so some of us can have more quills than others, and I don't know how many quills it takes to become a toxic person or not. Maybe there's some statistics on that. How many quills does it take to make a porcupine? I don't know. <laughs> quote of the day. Well, the the, the but, kind of next quote we had on here kind of talks about that, which is um give some good insight. It says the fine line between a toxic behavior and a toxic personality. So the fine line between a person with quills and a porcupine mm-hmm. is crossed when these behaviors become a part of an individual individual's daily interaction. Toxic personalities or porcupines come in many varieties. Some are gruff, some are pleasant, some are indifferent. They can appear affable. I don't even know what that word means. They can, they can appear affable, but you still walk away emotionally wounded. So it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about, but, um, friendly, friendly, they can appear friendly. And I think we were talking about this beforehand. I think even, I don't know if this is even in the call, but porcupines kind of look cute. You know, for me, I think they look kind of cute. I think, I think most, I love animals. And so I think most animals look cute, but, um, I don't know. It can be deceiving. Um, that's where the mindfulness really comes in, in the relationship to really become aware of what's really going on. You know, is this are these just a lot of quills that need to be worked through and like I need to be understanding or is this, is this really a porcupine that I'm working with? Because, and that's what makes it hard, you know, because that line can be really gray. I feel like it can be really thin, really misted, really hard to, to differentiate. Yeah. Um, and I think that's again, my therapists are really helpful in situations yeah. like this because they're trained in this, especially like once we were trained in narcissism or other personality disorders. Um, so don't put that responsibility on yourself too much. If you really think it's that bad, if you really think you're dealing with someone who's a narcissist and you want to work on it and you want to figure out what's really going on, look into a licensed marriage and family therapist or just any licensed therapist that specifically knows how to work with, um, personality disorders, narcissism, stuff like that. Cause that, that's a burden that you should not put on yourself. Right. Yeah. So I know that some of you are probably thinking now, oh my gosh, I think I know some porcupines in my life. Let's actually, we're going to co- cover some of the traits right now. There's actually, there's 54 traits in these three pages, and we're not going to talk about all of them, but we're just going to go through some of them here. So just read a couple off of each page. I didn't show up online. Oh, for real? For some reason. I just realized that, that I don't have them. Here, page Perfect. seven. Perfect. Seven? Yep. All right. So he says here, here are some examples of toxic behaviors and attitudes. And remember, just because this, you do this sometimes, this does not make you a porcupine. This does not make you a toxic person. It does not make you a narcissist. We all have those tendencies. We all have those quills. It's just, yeah, you're not you're not a porcupine. It's all right. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, it's likely that you're not a porcupine. You're right. Yeah, really, though. You're, <laughs> That's you're what Tony probably... always says on his podcast, Tony Overbay, that if you're listening to this and you're having thoughts, am I a porcupine? Most of the time, the answer is going to be no. So um, no, you, exactly. may, you might exactly. display some of these behaviors because everyone does at some point, but I'm very, comfortable saying that none of our <laughs> listeners are porcupines. Yeah, the very fact that you're saying, oh my gosh, you might be a porcupine means that you're not. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah, you're not a porcupine. Go you. You're a cat or a dog or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> if I could be any animal, though, I would probably be like a a lemur. A lemur? Or something like that. You know? Lemurs are cool. Like super agile can jump zabumafu zabumafu i mean king julian yeah from madagascar <laughs> mort what would you be definitely a dog 
Absolutely. Everyone just loves you. That is true. Specifically a golden retriever. Because like, I don't know. There's not a thought behind those eyes. But like, everyone thinks you're the best thing to ever happen. Not that I'm a narcissist or anything. But like, (laughs) you're just like, you're expected to just do your thing. And you're just fun loving. I don't know. Dogs are the best. I love dogs. So the life of a be dog a, would be awesome, actually. Just Yeah, the life of a dog. Everyone just like, you just get to stay home. You get treats. Yeah. You just, <laughs> you just lay down wherever you want. and your play. Do whatever. Yeah, exactly. You All right, anyway. Yeah, anyways. Here's some examples or attitudes of a toxic behavior. Number one, constant criticism, fault-finding, questioning, inappropriate and improperly given criticism. Um, being judgmental. Failure to respect the personal space of others. Mocking, scorning, belittling others. Attacking the worth of another by name-calling. Examples, dumb or stupid. I use the word dumb a lot. That's just me. That's one of my quills. It's almost like a a filler (laughs) word for me sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump to the next page and read a few here. Um, Yeah. Sending the persistent message of incompetency or inadequacy. Constant direction giving to other people. Easily offended by others ego attack almost yep, the ego not seeing or recognizing what has been done only what remains undone Oof. hypersensitivity to being criticized themselves Ooh, a martyr no one truly appreciates their efforts and maybe mad angry or upset most of the time mm. yeah i love um i love this one here so it says when acknowledging an accomplishment of another frequently adding but to the end of the compliment also known as a trailing barb. This is something that we didn't mention either. The ends of the quills on porcupines are barbed. And so once they go in, it's really hard to get them out. And so I just, I love that that term, the trailing barb, where, oh, it looks like, wow, he's actually going to give me a compliment. This is great. And he says, but, you know, whatever he says, it's like, oof. That's that extra barb there on the end that you didn't see it coming. And sometimes it just makes it worse because that's even worse to get out. Let's see here. The last page. Uh, there's parenting equals spouse or coworkers telling them what they should, need, and ought to do. So parenting means you should do this, you need to do this, you ought to do this because I said so mm-hmm. type of thing. Sarcasm. I can be really sarcastic at times. <laughs> it's a part of my personality it's who i am and that's just that they get example that that could be a quill sometimes other times it could be fun. It, i so mean yeah just, definitely yeah sarcasm is definitely situational for sure it could be weaponized very easily and yeah yeah uh physical abuse sexual abuse constantly threatening divorce or abandonment making threats of killing self or others preoccupied with evil wrong and negative negative behaviors self-righteous holier than thou attitude others are always walking on eggs around them and codependency we've talked about that a lot yeah i was just seeing if there's any more that i wanted to bring up but yeah that's a lot of a lot of quills yeah you need to that's just 54 for. quills there's thirty thousand. and I, I think this is something that we um um talked about before the the i said before the call <laughs> stupid job coming in um we're on zoom calls all day anyways like before the recording started um yeah. we talked about how like the difference between a porcupine and some with just a few quills is often i mean a porcupine uses it to defend themselves a porcupine yeah. uses it almost to attack someone like they weaponize their quills 
and a person who just has quills is just they just come out and they don't even know that they're there sometimes like like oh my goodness i didn't mean to do that like where did that even come from yeah um most often in the case with personality disorders my limited understanding of them is people who have them at least these toxic personalities that's what you can consider a personality disorder i don't know if this doctor like we talked about that i don't know if this doctor is considering these personality disorders but you can film gets to a point where it will be it's like yeah this is a personality disorder um most of the time with personality disorders narcissism borderline um histrionic personality disorder things we've talked about before on the podcast if if you go back far enough um people use them and they almost know that they have them and they use them against people they like Mm -hmm. the fact that they are the way that they are like a true narcissist the true toxic person is very aware of what's going on and they use the fact that they're a porcupine to their advantage. Yeah. And that's the difference between you and a porcupine is that more often than not, you find out about your quills after they hurt someone. Yeah. With a porcupine, it's almost like they know that they're there and they know they can use them to get what they want. Yeah. And to push their agenda to make them feel better. And that's the hard part with personality disorders is because it's so deeply ingrained into them as a defense mechanism. Porcupines are the way they are because that's their way they survive in the wild. Right. And then with emotional porcupines, that's the childhood defense mechanisms they're bringing with them. And that's how they've lived their life. That's how they've made it this far. There's no way we're getting rid of this. This is what keeps me alive every single day. That's what their brain tells them. At least that's what makes it so hard to treat them. That's what makes it so hard to overcome them. But I think, I don't know why I brought that up, but I just thought it was important that that's how you can distinguish. Are you, is this happening? Because like you just found like, okay, maybe I'm a little bit hypersensitive to people criticizing me. Um, do I use that to manipulate others? Or is that just kind of how I feel because of some bad experience in the past, you know? And yeah. the line is fine. The line is very gray, but I think that's a good differentiating key point that am I weaponizing this or is this like a surprise to me too? So just yeah. keep that in mind as well. Yeah. And if you ask that question again, you're probably not a toxic person or hmm this is where also the gray line comes in you could be a toxic person and not be a narcissist it's a maybe like more pattern more quills. so you could be you could have more quills than others doesn't make you a narcissist and so if you're asking that question though you're most likely not a narcissist there you go. I think it's a good, yeah, good indication because like you said, you can probably gain enough quills to become one and like over time and like you right. could have enough quills to appear as one um, but the, the finding line there is, can you be treated? I think that's yeah. usually the case with personality disorders. Like Tony Overbay talks about it all the time that narcissists are just near impossible to treat because either they don't seek treatment or they don't think they need it or vice versa, both at the same time. Right. And so treatment becomes impossible. They get dragged to it and nothing ever happens. And yeah. so do you feel like you can actually, first of all, recognize what you're doing and then you want to and are successful in your changes you're not a porcupine. (laughs) You're, you're someone who has a lot of quills that just needs, needs to, and wants to work on them. Right. If you recognize your quills are hurting other people in your life and driving them away, you're probably not a porcupine. And if you are, and that's happening, that's awesome. That's good for you. That's like the 0.1% of porcupines. That's huge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And probably real life in the wild too. Yeah. I mean, if you, when you're hugging a porcupine, Dr. Lund talks about this, they don't care if they're hurting you or not. All they care about is, ah, I feel nice and snuggly and warm right now. This is great. But they don't realize that on their back is 30,000 quills. Ouch, ouch, stabbing you as you're trying to hug this porcupine, this spiky dog, you know? (laughs) Spiky dog. (laughs) And so, yeah, the porcupine isn't even aware that it's hurting you. 
Yeah. Because it's just, the quills are a part of it. That's how long it's usually. This is who I am. This It's who I am. I am a porcupine. This is not just a phase, Dad. <laughs> it's not a phase. <laughs> this is who I am. And yeah. So I, mean, I think we'll end it there for episode one. We're going to do two episodes on this book. Um, and so next episode, we'll talk about what you can do to actually... I love the the picture of of John Lund on there. He has he's in like a suit, not a suit and tie. He's just in a he's in a tie, button up shirt, and he's wearing armor, like knight's armor, so, yeah, yeah, little knight's armor. So what can you do to put on that armor in a sense to be able to be around the porcupine but not get hurt? And so how can you set up those boundaries? How can you protect yourself while not you know maybe leaving? Yeah, because leaving is not always the answer. Obviously, if maybe you don't want to leave, yeah, yeah, maybe you don't want to leave, and that's okay, but. If you're getting stabbed by all these quills over and over again, there are things that you can do to protect yourself. Yeah, and so that's hence, what we're going to talk about on the next What About episode. Yeah, I was going to say, hence the name of the book, How to Hug a Porcupine. We've kind of broken down what that is, but like Enoch said, um, sometimes you just want to keep this person in your life. And that's yeah. that's something that we're going to talk about in future episodes. And we're both excited about that. Yeah, how to hug them, not how to run away from them. Exactly. Hope you learned something new. Hope you learned something you can actually apply in your life. And if you have any episode topics, anything you want us to cover, let us know. Hit us up in the DMs on Instagram. Or maybe a book that you would like a book. us to read for you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We'll do it. I'll drop the 10 bucks. Yeah. Okay, I have a Kindle that I forgot that existed. I found it when I oh. moved. And so I bought it. I forgot that I had Let's it because I got so busy with school and the move. Um, but yeah, send us your suggestions. We're yeah. all for that. Let's do it. Well, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Yeah, see you guys. What about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.